it's a short, short psalm, and it says there it's a psalm of praise. And so we're going to conclude our vision series with this. Um, you know, we've been talking about who we are as a group, and uh, man, praise the Lord, we are who God is making us to be. And and if I can just say, man, I like this group a lot. I, I, I preached on a Sunday morning, like in main service, a couple months back. And I made a comment. I was like, if anybody wants to switch with me, I'll go work in Kid Town and somebody can work in high school class. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Wow, you do remember that. Okay. Ooh. So, and uh, I teach in a homiletics lab, which is like a class about how do you preach. And uh, the guys were critiquing that sermon. And they made the comment. They were like, hey, I think we know you're kidding. But when you said that, like, visitors might think you're actually discontent and don't like the high schoolers. And let me just communicate to you that I do like you a lot, and I think you're wonderful in almost every single way. And I love you, and I'm so glad to be part of this group. And Mitch and Rhonda feel the same way, if I could just speak for them for a moment. They they have given uh, a large part of their ministry life to to this, to student ministry, because... God gave them a love for this group and these these students in particular. Like they really enjoy you. And Kylie, I know that she feels that way. Um, did you know that Kylie didn't want to be in youth ministry when we were first married? Let me just out her. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now she loves it. She's that way where she's like all in or all out, and and she's all in now. She really does enjoy you guys. And I know that Brock and Lauren do too. They feel the same way. They, they love you guys dearly. And we're just glad to be here with you. We're glad to be part. And even when you stink, and even when you're quirky and weird, and when you're like straying from the Lord even, right? When, you're, when you feel like you're all messed up, dude, there's all grace. Okay, we love you. That's who this group is. That's who we are. You're going to leave. You're going to leave. Seniors, soon. Juniors, shortly. Sophomores, someday. Freshmen, eventually. You're going to leave, and we will be here still. And it's not that, you know, us individually and all of our awesomeness is what makes this group what it is. But one thing that you can know about this group of leaders is that we love you, man. And, and there's only grace for you. That's, that's how we see you. Now, what we do as a group is we expect God, we expect to see God work in and through your lives. Meaning, okay, there's only grace and love. You have to understand that. But we have an expectation. I expect to see God working in your life. I expect God to, I expect to see God working in my life. And if He's not, there's a big problem. That makes sense? Like there's something off if God is not at work in your life. Because God's design is that He would be at work in your life and He would be making you fruitful, not just bringing people in, but having the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. We expect to see that. And then from that, you know, usually that really comes into full-fledged, if I, can, if I could just put timelines on this, usually that happens about junior year. Freshmen and sophomores, sometimes you guys are fruitful, sometimes you're just ridiculous. But then by junior year, 
you're starting to like settle in and slow down and like grow up a little bit and maybe you're starting to invite people in and you're starting to figure out this walk with the Lord. And then by senior year, we expect that God is working in and through your lives. Like you're obeying what God tells you to do. Like, okay, let me just give you an example. I'm so very proud of Manning for his most recent commitment to school. Okay, part of me is excited and proud of him because he's going to go play baseball. That's pretty neat. But I don't actually care about the baseball. I don't think I've ever seen him play baseball. I probably should, right? I probably should. I've never seen that. But do you know what he did? He was praying about it. He was asking the people in his lives. He was pursuing open doors and he was just putting it before the Lord. Is this what I'm supposed to do? And then, was it clear that you were supposed to? It was clear. His parents were at peace. I thought it was great. Circumstantially, it worked out. And consider how strange it is that it happened. He didn't even play for his school team. Like he just played club ball and like league ball and whatever you call it. And now he's a college baseball player. Okay, only God can work that out and navigate that situation for him. So here's what I'm proud of. He just put it before the Lord and he said, yeah. Okay. And then what if God said, because you're committed, not signed, right? Okay, what if God pulls the rug on it? No more opportunity. That'd be sad. I mean, that would suck. It'd be a bummer. But what would you do? See what happens. Alright, what's next? Right? Keeping it open before the Lord. That's what seeing God at work in your life can look like. Does that make sense? So we expect to see that. We talked about uh, hosting people well, praying, and then hosting people well, loving people, inviting. And so um, we want to try to do that as best we can. And then we talked about our, our, our prayer, or our quiet time, our devotional life, and giving CPR to our quiet time. So C, we talked about just some components that can exist in your quiet time. Confession unto thankfulness. So sometimes you need to just come before the Lord and confess your inadequacy, to confess your insufficiency, to confess how weak and miserable, how sinful you are, how, how dirty and gross your flesh is. Sometimes you need to just lay that out before the Lord. Confess it. Get it out there. And when you do that and you consider that, oh, God still loves you. God's still with you. There's grace and there's mercy. Then that produces a thankfulness in your heart. And now you're standing or kneeling or sitting before the Lord, having given the burdens of your sin to the Lord, and now you've got this proper heart posture of thankfulness. God, I'm only grateful to you. And then you can begin to pray. And you can just lay everything out that's in your immediate world, all the stuff that's going on. Because some of you, you've got hard things going on. We recognize that. It is not harder than the things that the men in the Bible have experienced. Okay, let me just be real clear about that. You're not getting murdered and hung upside down on a cross. Alright, so let's keep perspective here. You're actually not in that awful, or as awful as it could be of a situation, and yet, you still got some trouble. Okay, so if you will come before the Lord, confess your need for Him, be thankful to Him, you can pour out your heart and you can just pray and, and, and weep before the Lord. Heck? You can weep before the Lord. Not before your friends, not in gossip, not in drama. Before the Lord. Pour it out to Him. And uh, that prayer 
will turn into listening. Because you've poured out your heart and then you determine, I need to hear from God in this situation. I don't care what anybody else says about my situation. I only want to hear what the king has to say. You understand? What I have to say doesn't matter. And what your best friend has to say doesn't matter. What the king has to say matters. So you come before him and you're reading and engaging with the word and all of a sudden he's, he's lighting up your heart and your eyes, and you're like, wow, I see kind of these, these words and these phrases, these ideas, these doctrines, these pictures. It makes sense. I understand, because the Holy Spirit is teaching you the Word of God in that time. And you're listening, and you're here for it. And then, and then you've got decisions to make. So God calls you to be thankful, to rejoice. That's hard. Flesh doesn't like to do that. So you've got to decide, okay, I'm going to repent of how I've been feeling, how I've been thinking, what I've been doing. I'm going to turn from that because I see I'm not supposed to. Repentance unto obedience. And now I've got to take an actual step of obedience. I've got to, I've got to be dead enough to just obey. Not disciplined enough. Dead enough. Would you just die already? And follow the Lord and how He's leading you. Does that make sense? And that, that is kind of an overview of the components of our quiet time. And now this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look through this short psalm and we'll look at a couple verses here at a time. Just consider some things and then you're going to break into small groups and pray. Consider the verse, break into small groups and pray. And then consider the verse and we'll pray again. Does that make sense? Okay, let's pray for our time here right now before we even get into it, and, um, and then we'll do it. Father, thank you for your word. God, without your word, we're just left to our feelings and our own wisdom. Without your word, we're left with just guessing and trying to figure it out. But you've given us a more sure word of prophecy. You've given us the end from the beginning. You've given us all of the details that are necessary for us to know and understand about living a life and having godliness, obeying you, following you, walking with you. You've given us everything that we need through your word, your spirit, and the body. God, this morning, would you help, would you open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of your word. And, and to just do the hard work of praying and, and guiding our heart. Help us to guide our heart this morning. I ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2. You see it up here on the board. It says, a psalm of praise. He says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Okay, those 4th and 5th graders came in, and they were rocking it, right? They came in with all that energy, with all that zeal, with all that excitement, with all that happiness and the gladness and the joy. Why? What happens between then and adolescence? What happens? Like, why? I'm not coming for you. I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm not mad about it at all. I'm genuinely inquiring. What happened? Like, why do you guys... I'm trying not to be offensive, okay? Why don't you sing? Why aren't you happy during praise and worship? I mean, I'm not saying that you, none of you sing. But what happens? 
Where did that joy and that zeal and that excitement go? Where did it go? Do you know? You probably don't even know. Do you know? I don't know. I wish it would come back. I miss it. I love it. Even the middle schoolers, they still got some of that. You know, they get to 8th grade and then something in us dies or something. I don't know. Something in us changes or mutates or is maybe just trying to figure something out. Because then you go to Kaya. Have you been to Kaya? They're like the 4th and 5th graders. What is it? I don't know. But here's the instruction from the Word. He says to make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Where's your joy? Serve the Lord with gladness. Not, I don't know if this is a word, but not grudgery. Begrudgingly. Come before His presence with singing. You know, that's why we do the praise and worship. To facilitate that. So that we can come before presence of his word and we can just meet with God but we do so like getting our heart and our mind and our body just situated and postured properly by singing getting our heart right and ready to hear from him okay so the question is what is preventing you from coming before God with joy and gladness and singing so I just want you actually right now on your journal, in your Bible, on your phone, whatever. I prefer you write it or type it than just sit there. But I want you to just put some ideas. What is preventing you and what prevents me, what prevents us from coming before God with joy, gladness, and singing? Take a couple minutes. Can you do that? Write down your ideas. Ready? Go for it. There's some pens and paper over here too if you need those. You can find those. Mitchie's got pens, I think. Anybody need paper? Use paper. Need need pen? Uh no, we'll keep those. This is we got here. I think it's just maybe Ethan. Need to get Ethan a journal. Anybody else need paper? Nah, there's, they're on it. <clears throat> Answering the question, what prevents us from coming before the Lord with joy, gladness, and singing? boys. Let's do it. What are you doing? Come on. You don't get to just do whatever you want. You gotta do what everybody else is doing, right? You need a pen and paper? You can do it on your phone. I do have Samsung notes. Okay. Okay, you need paper? Take another minute here to finish your thoughts.
let's look at verse 3 here. It says, the answer, I believe. This is the answer to our problem. Our problem of, you know, we've got these things that prevent us, and it's our flesh. That's the simple answer. What prevents us from coming before the Lord with, with those things is our flesh. And, and it may look specifically different for different people, but at the end of the day, just do the quick, the quick equation, God wants you to come before Him with gladness and singing and joy. And what's the one thing that would pre- prevent you from doing that? Well, it's the thing you carry around every day. It's your flesh, right? Okay, so what do I do about it? The answer, I believe, is here in verse 3. It says, Know ye, what do you know with? Do you know with your hand? No. no. What do you know with? Your knower. Your knower. Where's your knower? Your brain. Okay, probably up here. Your knower. The thing that you know things with. And it's probably, you know, there's probably some connection to down here too, right? Like knowing something and knowing something. I don't know. Well, here's what verse 3 says. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Just real simple. Know it. That the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Okay, what are you talking about? Well, this is what I would say. I would say the answer is to simply choose to know, to believe, to, to take hold of, to, to decide in your knower who God is. He's God. He's in charge. And what God does, He leads and shepherds. Well, how does that connect? I think I would I think it connects in this way. We come here on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday evening and we we stand here and the praise band starts to sing and it gets maybe a little bit stiff or maybe it's not awkward, maybe it is. Maybe it's just like dead to feel a little dead sometimes. Does it feel a little bit like there's no life in the room? Right? Okay. I think it's as simple as, who are you singing to? Who are you singing to? And what does your singing do? What's the point? Right? If the point is to just have fun. I... I try every time I'm up here to have fun with the praise man. It's kind of hard sometimes because it's like there's a lot going on and we're learning the songs like <laughs> pretty quickly. But I'm trying to have fun and I'm trying to, we're trying to pick songs that are exciting and, and at the end of the day we could have the most exciting songs that give the most boost of energy as possible and yet the goal is not for you to have fun. The goal of us singing is not for us to have a good time, Right? Now that will happen, I believe, if you're singing with the right intent and with the right purpose and with the right aim. That being, what? What are you, what are you actually specifically trying to accomplish with your voice and with your heart during praise and worship? What are you trying to do? Are you just trying to sing? 
Because they sing in schools. Well, what's the difference between choir class and praise, praise time here? In choir class, they don't actually praise the Lord. They just sing random stuff. So what does that mean to praise the Lord? I like that answer. What does it mean? What's the difference, actually, between our praise and the choir's pieces? I make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yeah? Noise. <laughs> Emphasis on uh, noise. <laughs> no, I think it's great. Choir class, you're singing for men, and like, during worship, you're singing for the Lord. Okay. And what does that do when you're singing for the Lord? What does that mean? Because I think you're right, but what does that mean? Singing praise. What is praise? Okay. Yeah? Being glad and joyful and... Yeah? So, is it to just be happy at God? Thankful. Thankful? For what? I like that word because that word has always been really confusing to me, especially when I was in high school, like to say that God is worthy. Worthy of what? Everything. But what does that mean? I can't give Him everything. All I got. <laughs> my life. But what if I think that my life isn't even worth anything to give to God? What if my singing isn't good enough? It, I'm, not, I'm the one that's not worthy to sing praises and to give my life like what like what value does that bring to God maybe these are some of the hiccups in our praise can i just say i think an illustration that's simple and easy is Josie just got headphones she really likes them they're in ear they're like cheap dollar store things and she loves them and she continually asks, can I, put the, can I put the headphones in? Can I put the headphones in? Can I put the headphones in? And we let her put the headphones in. And she plays music from my phone. And I've just got a playlist of worship songs. And I'm sitting there yesterday in my, you know, the space where I get to do my study in. And Josie's over there laying on the bed reading a book. And Ivy's on the floor reading a book. And I'm sitting here reading and studying. And she starts singing. And she's singing praise and worship. And I think she'll be able to, to figure out singing as she gets older. Like She's got Kylie as a mom, so she'll probably learn to sing well. But her voice is that of a six-year-old. It's not impressive. Right? But what is it? What is her voice to me, her father? What is it? It's beautiful. What else is it? Can I tell you it's pure? It's pure. It's precious. It's, it's humble. She's just singing to the Lord. And so that is the value. The value is she's engaging with the Lord. The value of our singing and praising with joy and with gladness and with this 
happiness is that we're engaging with God. We're not just singing and performing for God. God's not impressed with our performance in any way, but we're singing to Him. And it's that engagement, and it's that He looks and hears your voice, and what does He look and hear? He doesn't hear your worthiness. He sees His Son's sacrifice. He sees, he sees Jesus paying for your sin, and then you just reciprocating with thankfulness, and you giving an offering, that offering just simply being, all I have to offer you, God, is this singing to you. It's a humility. It's a purity that He wants. It's simple, y'all. And what do we do? I think we make it so complicated. I think we just... We tell ourselves, I can't sing loud. I can't sing unto the Lord because there's this person over here and there's this person over here and there's this person in front of me and that would be awkward, right? Hello. I think we confuse it from being something simple to something fleshly. The answer is, hey, we're going to go into main service here shortly. Can you in your mind and in your heart, can you just know that the Lord, He is God? Can you just know that God is the King? That God is God? You're not. He is. And He loves you. And He is worthy. Worthy of what? He's worthy of you giving a sacrifice of uncomfortable, but joyful, thankful praise to Him. And... You may have some hard situation in your life that you feel prevents you from having that joy and gladness. Can I just say that God does what God does? What does God do? God reconciles. God heals. God saves. Don't you understand? God is God. Don't you know what God does? If you don't, God is a great, a, a great shepherd. And if you'll just listen and you'll just yield to His staff, as He leads and guides you, He will get you to a green pasture. He will get you to a place of life. If you resist Him with a stiff neck, and you just dig your heels in to that flesh, that uncomfortableness, I mean, your circumstances might be a bummer. And they're going to continue to be a bummer until you let Him lead you out. Until you let Him lead you through. Let's look at verse uh, 4 and 5 here. <clears throat> what we need to do first... Yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. Yeah. The question I want, you to, I want you to answer here is, what does the Bible say about the reasons why we don't come before God with joy, gladness, and singing? So, we talked about it. But write down, what does the Bible say about it? Your flesh, about our excuses, about our hesitancies, about our... You know, the limitations we put on ourselves in praise and worship. What's the Bible say about it? And, and why don't you go ahead and break into a small group and you guys can talk about it. You can share your ideas with each other. Does that make sense? Take a couple minutes, break up, see what the Bible says about those things. Got it? Go ahead. This is where you guys, you can find a group, find a person near you. Just share what you said. What do you think? Maybe you can share what, what you think the excuses are, and, and then maybe you can help each other figure out what the Bible says about it.
give me God. I don't believe that. Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard. just think about some Let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up looking at these last couple of verses and, uh, and then we'll spend some time praying to, to cl- cl- conclude our time. So verse 4 it says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and enter His, his courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. So I think it's just if we could just do that, I think that unlocks some different things for us. I think that unlocks some growth. I think that unlocks like what it looks like to have relationship with God. You know, if you if you know Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and as your Savior, if you've believed on the gospel. You've accepted that. You've been given eternal life. That eternal life with God. You've been given a relationship with God, right? But, you know, if Kylie has a child, you know, we have this child, it is related to me, right? It is. And, you know, obviously, I'm going to, I'm going to help her nurture and raise that child. Okay, but that child gets to a certain point where I'm going to say to it, hey, I want you to do the chores. Hey, we're going to have family night. Hey, come with me to the store. Right? Right? And what what are they then presented with? A decision. An option. A choice. Now, if I fathered that child correctly, 
their natural response is going to be, okay, sure, yes, Dad, something like that. And I think if you knew what God was calling you to do, I think you would respond similarly, right? Like if God told you to go to Toronto, what would you say? I mean, what would you say? If he, if he made it so abundantly clear, I want you to go to Toronto, it would be hard. You'd be like, are you sure, Lord? Like, wait a second, what? But at the end of the day, if you knew for sure God wanted you to do it, wouldn't you say yes? Right? What if God said, hey, be thankful. Hey, have some joy in your life. Be thankful, have some joy. Receive my grace and my love. Hey, come meet with me. Spend time with me. What if you said, hey, come to the store with me? What if you said, hey, let's have family time. And during family time, I want you to be present at family time. Not just hiding in the, you know, not hiding at the table, doing your own thing, not on your phone. No, 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 no. Right? Family time means you're putting away everything else and the outside connections and you're having time with your family. What if he called you to that? What if He called you to lay down and lay aside those sins that easily beset you, to confess those sins and to get right? Meaning, to just confess them until you're thankful and then begin to pour out your heart in prayer unto the place where you're actually listening to the voice of the King and then you've got this choice to repent and to obey. What if you showed up faithful to that? What if He called you to it? What would you say? You'd say yes, right? Of course. In this moment, you would say yes, right? (laughs) But what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? No, no, no. What about on Sunday? No, 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 no. What about Tuesday? That's the day. That's when we'll find out if it's obedience or temporary fleeting thought. Because on Tuesday, do you know what we're going to do? We've got Tuesday night hangout. And I th- we might do praise and worship. Are we doing praise and worship on Tuesday? We're doing praise and worship on Tuesday. Will you come before His presence with joy, with gladness? Choice is yours. Ooh. What about in main service? Will you come before His presence there, with thankfulness, with joy, with gladness. Will you? Do you want to? Let me ask you this. Do you want to? Raise your hand if you want to. Raise your hand if you want to come before the Lord with joy and gladness. Let me tell you this. I believe you 100%. I believe you want to. Raise your hand if you know how to do that and you feel like you can do it. If you know what you need to do to do it. Okay. Raise your hand and wave it like this if you're like, I think so, maybe. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend the rest of our time. We've got five minutes. I want you to just pray together. And I don't want you to ask God for a single thing. Don't ask God for anything. You know what happens. We say, all right, we're going to just spend some time praying, giving thanks and being thankful. You know what we do? We're like, man, God, thank you for this day. We'll just pray and ask that you would... 
So we do. It's our natural language. It's what we pray every time we come to the Lord. It's like, God, will you, God, will you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop that. We're going to pray and just thank God for as many things as you can think of. Thank God for as many things as you can think of. And give Him praise for every good thing that you can think of in your life. And, and be glad about who God is. Think about all the different things that you can think about who God is. And just be glad about it. And give Him praise for it. Does that make sense? And then I want you to end your prayer. Once you've gotten it all out, all of this praise and, and gladness and thankfulness, I want you to end with, with one request. God, keep giving me a thankful heart. God, I'm, I'm, I'm done now. God, will you please give me a thankful heart as we go into main service? Okay? Does that make sense? It's going to be hard, isn't it? I'm about to say, okay, pray. And you're going to be like, all right, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this message. God, will you... As soon as somebody says, will you, I just want you to... Hey! I want you to stop him. Hey, no! Maybe don't slap him like that. <laughs> Only if it's Ethan. Hey, wait, wait, wait. All right, let's help each other, okay? Any questions? That's right. No questions. Just praise. Just thankfulness, okay? All right, let's do it. Got a couple minutes here. Thank <laughs> you.